All right. Good morning, everybody. This is Brendan Hazard. We are live with Two Guys One Prius, December third. What's going on? What's going on, everyone? How you going? How's it going, Brendan? Going well. Going well. Pretty uh, slow and uh, cloudy day today. Mine's quite the opposite. I was doing a lot this morning, so it is going kind of quick. It's still cloudy as hell here, though. <laughs> So we're going to jump into today's podcast. We're going to cover uh, MLB transactions. Uh, we got a lot of news over the last 48 hours. Um, finally, the Pittsburgh Pirates hired their manager, uh, Derek Shelton, which had been you know, basically all but uh, stated out loud. <laughs> that happened on, uh, I think it was Friday or Saturday. Um, and that, was then... their last, that was their last option, right? Yeah, that was the only guy that they were considering. So they were just basically hanging on a thread as to whether or not he was going to accept the contract or not. Got it. For those who don't know, he was the bench coach for Rocco Baldelli and the Minnesota Twins this past season. That's right. I was trying to actually remember that myself. Yeah. So um, it's basically just a very, uh, very mild move by the Pirates. I mean, they got a lot of guys not going to overhaul the organization by any means and they're probably going to end up firing him after a couple of seasons once it's all said and done basically it's just a handicap crutch for when they figure it out correct correct so uh other news uh a flurry of free agency and uh yeah just a couple of trades um so Jesus Aguilar, um, he was placed on waivers by the Rays. They were not going to tender him a contract, so they essentially placed him on waivers to be able to DFA him to the minors. Uh, Miami Marlins claimed him. Um, not a bad claim. I don't know why he's bouncing around so much. He's not a bad player. He's not. He had a very rough season last season. Um you know, he had a great breakout year two seasons ago with the Brewers. And he was an all-star, I believe, and he just fell flat on his face the entire first half of the season last year. It really looked like he was trying too hard when I was watching. I was watching him a little bit more than I think your normal person who wasn't a fan of his or the team he was on, I should say. Um Honestly, the guy looked like he was just taking tatty hack after tatty hack, to be quite honest. Um, there was really no approach. Um, the reason I thought he was so deadly the, the year prior, with two seasons ago, I should say, um, was the smidge of discipline he did have. Um, and it wasn't anything through the roof. Let's not get that twisted. He didn't have a good eye, so to speak. But he wasn't swinging at shit either. Um Pitchers just really seemed to know how to get him out, and I think it was just a testament to his lack of discipline that, like I said, he seemed to have a little bit of in the years past. So hopefully he'll turn it around. I, I kind of hope for it. So Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a little interesting, too, because Miami claims him off waivers, and then they also went out and they acquired infielder Jonathan Villar from the Baltimore Orioles in exchange for a minor leaguer. And he didn't have – he hasn't had a bad year the last two or three years, so. Jonathan VR was a top 40 MLB player last season. And yeah. the last couple, last couple of seasons, he has been a very, very legitimate second baseman. Yeah. He was on the, he was on the Orioles. So nobody really thought about him last year. No, 
No. And how I mean, old he, is, how old is he? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I want to say he is. Let's see. He's in his low thirties. Yeah, I want to say he's like turning thirty-one this year. Let's see. Jonathan Jabbar. He is twenty-eight, so Holy he's tip. got some. Whoops. Yeah, he's got some uh, tread left on the tires. That's for sure. Wow. So I didn't realize that at all. Yeah. So Miami, uh, going with a little different approach. That I think they're kind of getting tired of. Uh, you know, waiting on their young guns. They've brought up a ton, so they have a lot of their young players with already a ton of MLB service time. Well, I got rid of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this will be interesting. Um, you know, I think Aguilar may have been more fit for a DH role, but he's going to play first base for them, and they'll probably move Cooper out to the outfield. Um, okay. That's my guess. And, so that's a wise assumption. Yeah. And VR, I mean... <sighs> This guy, he was – I think he had a a four-plus war last year. No, he was he, – he tore it up. Who did, did they have Castro at second base last year? Uh, Miami. That's a good question. Who was their second baseman last year? Because I thought the Castro deal – let's see. Can't remember. So, because I keep thinking of Hyera, but I know he's on the Brewers. No, I think it was uh, Isan Diaz, the kid they called up. Oh, that's right that 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 kid who hit the home run with uh, his dad in the stands. Yes, during the interview. Yes, I remember that. That was sweet. Yeah, so they that got was uh... probably one of the sickest things in sports that could happen. That was pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> VR. That's the other thing too. Is VR or Diaz could flip over to shortstop. I put VR there over Diaz. Yeah, Diaz is a natural second baseman. He seemed very comfortable there. He's so also then, smaller. Yeah. Then you got. Uh, they also are calling up Austin Dean. Uh, he's their top prospect, arguably. He's going to be playing left field for him. Okay. Um, and then also Luis Brinson. So he's going to battle out for center field. I remember Brinson's name. I don't remember the other one for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, and then they got Brett Anderson, Miguel Rojas, Jonathan VR, Isan Diaz, Garrett Cooper, Jesus Aguilar, all competing for infield spots there. Yep. Okay. And then Jorge Alfaro is their catcher. Right. Damn, they got rid of so much talent. Real Muto, Yelich, freaking Stanton. Yeah. My God. So... Moving on from Miami, uh, last night was the final hour to tender contracts um, to players who are arbitration eligible. Uh, and Addison Russell, Kevin Pillar, Michael Franco, and Cesar Hernandez, those are some of the notable names that were not tendered contracts. Feeding right on into that, I, I know you might have something to say to everyone because you briefly mentioned it to me about the Giants re-signing Pilar. I would have loved to see him. Again, I, I didn't mind him at all. No. As far as like the, the old school veteran, you know what I mean? He's not your young gun, but I mean, he's not your super OG Aubrey Huff edition where he's not going to do anything. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know why you why you don't. And I think that was just going on into what uh, you told me. And he, maybe he was asking for a little bit too much. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, he got an MVP vote this season um, and 
he had a pretty solid season. No, it wasn't anything tremendous. Probably not all-star worthy, but... Probably not even MVP fucking mentioning worthy, if I'm being quite honest. So I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I mean, he did carry the Giants for a period of time there. Um, but I, I would have loved to have had him back. But the, the whole issue is they got more than half of their payroll tied up with Posey, Samarja, Cueto, and Belt. And so, a couple other people worth not mentioning. Yeah. So. Get rid of him already, damn it to hell. <laughs> so Belt Gi- needs to leave, bro. Yeah, Giants' hands are tied for the most part it sucks um they would have loved a reunion with him i know that for a fact it was not based on anything with the clubhouse or anything it just came down to what they could do contractually and what they're looking to do long term it just didn't fit in Mm -hmm. so what's interesting i think is michael franco and cesar hernandez are not going to be part of the phillies Um, it's going to be really weird i wonder who's going to take a chance well that that leads me to believe that they're going for a lot bigger name, whether that be a pitcher or whether that be more. Oh, the Phillies. Okay. Uh, sorry. I was, I was leading onwards to think you were talking about the players. No, um, I, I'd be shocked if Michael Franco got an MLB contract. I think he may get a spring training invite somewhere. Cesar Hernandez, on the other hand, that's a serviceable second baseman. I mean, he, he can play pretty much anywhere, but. He's a very serviceable second baseman. Well, he's not going to start. So, I mean, at this point, he'd be a serviceable second baseman. So, I do agree with you with that. He might be able to platoon somewhere else. If his back gets really hot, they might try to fill him somewhere else on another team. But right off the bat, I'd say he was just a second base. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see what the Phillies do. There are rumors um, of Didi Gregorius going over there because he was very familiar with Joe Girardi very true so that there hasn't been too much talk on it but i know that there was you know some rumors going around about two days ago um that the phillies were engaging in talks with him that'd be interesting because i wanted him once again another victim i picked him last year also um and, and held on to him um and he tore it up again <laughs> yeah so. i mean he got on the a little run, but I, I don't know. He hit 280. Yeah, I don't know how much he has left in the tank. Um, and then the other thing is with Didi is you got to put a good infield around him because he's not the greatest fielder. He doesn't have the strongest arm by any means. So I think he has a better arm than he does glove, though. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a toss up. But I, I personally like him, even though he's always been on the Yankees. I don't know why. I just I like him. Yeah, I love him. I think he's he's a great team player. He brings a great attitude and energy about him. Get me wrong. He's ugly. He's ugly as hell. But <laughs> he's uh, hey, I don't know. He's entertaining to me. I've always I've always liked the name. The name's fun to say, of course. But I mean, he's just fun to watch. Yeah. No, he really is. So that'll be interesting to see where he lands. Um, also, another news yesterday: Jerks and Profar was traded by the Oakland A's to the San Diego Padres for backup catcher Austin Allen and either a player to be named later or cash. So I'm I'm going to not allow Brendan to play the humble role here. This <laughs> motherfucker over here called this shit to a T probably about a month and a half ago. So he can sit here and try to pretend that he didn't know it was going to go on. But uh, 
pretty sure the MLB needs to sign this dude to a fucking contract of some sort, just somewhere in a, some upper office. <laughs> it's a hell thank, of a call, buddy. Thank hell you. of a call. Yeah, and now that that basically, when you look at that infield for the Padres, that's that's an all gold glove infield. You have Manny They're Machado. Set, you have that's Fernando scary, Tatis. Man. That's scary. Yeah. Manny Machado at third, Fernando Tatis Jr. at short, Jerkson Profar at second, Eric Hosmer at first. Unbelievable. I mean, it it's going to be a delight for all of their pitchers. That's for damn sure. Oh, man. Can, can you say that infield one more time? <laughs> Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., Jerkson Profar, and Eric Hosmer. How do they pull that out of their ass? <laughs> and who do they got rolling outfield now? Uh, that is a good question. Let's see this. They're San looking like a really, really nasty, freaking dominant team. Oh, I completely agree. I think if they if they can land two pitchers this offseason, I think they're going to contend with, uh, with the Dodgers. Uh, they're going to contend with a lot more than that, I think. So let's see here. Their outfield consists of Hunter Renfro. Oh, that's right. I like Will. Yeah, Will Myers. The bare knuckle uh, Bash Brothers, bro. Manuel Margot, Frankie Cordero, and their newly acquired Trent Grisham, who they are really high on from Milwaukee. Bro, they have three dudes in the outfield that could play left field that probably won't play every game that'll still get you 20 to 25 home runs. Yeah. And Renfro. Uh, oh my God! You just said him. Uh, well, Myers, well, Renfro Myers, and uh, who was the last guy that I was thinking of? Manuel Margot. Margot, right? Yeah, That's, and uh, I, I, you know, honestly, I think one of them is going to be the odd man out. I think Trent Grisham is probably going to win a starting spot this season. Really? Um, he's twenty three years old. He was a first round pick by the Brewers, pick fifteen overall in two thousand fifteen. Um, mm-hmm. this guy, he's quite frankly done a great job in the minors. Um, the average isn't crazy there, 255 average overall in the minors. But last year, these are his stats from double A and triple A. He combined for 26 homers, 71 RBIs, and hit 300 with an over 400 on base percentage in 97 games, 370 at bats. Wow. So right. I think well, this guy is ready to step in there. Um, I don't know if he'll be an everyday player, but one of one of those if guys. If you put those freaking numbers up in MLB, there ain't no doubt he'll be an everyday player. Right. But I, it's going to be interesting because I think they may look to swing either Renfro or potentially even Myers and, you know, maybe one of their prospects and bring in, you know, a nice fine right. pitcher. Yeah. So, and remember, they already got Zach Davies, who's a very reliable. I you could say number three, but I think he's more of a number four pitcher. Oh wow! I would have said, "I damn, really?" Yeah, I think he's three. I think it's a good spot for him. I honestly thought you were gonna you were gonna you went the exact opposite direction. I thought you were gonna say he was number two. Uh, I mean, I think I think he's got great stuff, but. I don't know. I think it'll be Padres number three. Yeah, I think 
unless unless they land another big gun or two, that he'll be the Padres number three. Who, so who could they technically snag then now? Realistically, well, they they already went out on the, you know, they're already saying, hey, look, you know, we're looking to trade, you know, some of our young guns if there's a big name available, minus a couple young guns. Ah. Uh, I honestly, I think depending on the name, they're trading Tatis, bro. Well, no, 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 they're young pitchers. Oh, young, young hurlers, got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's on the table all day. They, they don't give a damn about that. I was, I thought you were talking about prospects in general. No, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting because Mackenzie Gore is just about MLB ready, but at the same time, if someone comes around and you know drops a big name on them looking to trade i think they may go for it but you would trade gore who's damn near mlb ready for that big name to be ready this year i think it's it's gonna depend on who it is and their contract well, you got a lot of you got a lot of maybes at this point you got to get your your young buck in the outfield to start tearing tearing through things and then gore's yep. got to start tearing through things or start sucking kind of thing right damn that's uh that's huh. a good problem to have. Yeah, no shit, right? That's how. It's <laughs> not a bad situation either. I'm sitting here trying to stumble upon what will be, what will be better, and I mean either situation isn't terrible. So it's yeah. it's uh, good for them. Screw them, but good for them. Uh, another another big news yesterday. Uh, Mike Nostakis signed a four year, sixty four million dollar contract with the Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's a well deserved contract. He had only had one and two year deals for the longest time. Um, we'll see how it pans out for the Reds. I think Moustakis will be fine, but he's going to end up playing second base for them. Um, that was interesting. I did see that. Uh, yeah, because they have Eugenio Suarez at third. Oh, that's correct. Okay. Yep. So, a it, Eugenio. Yes. Um. In other news, let's see here. Sandy Leone was also traded from the Red Sox to the Indians for a minor league player as they were not going to tender a contract to him. That's not that bad, though. He's a great backup. No, he is. He's a great defensive catcher, too. So the Indians, they, quite frankly, they were lacking that, especially once Gomes left. Well, they did that with uh, Gomes and what's his name? Yeah, yeah. I can't, uh, I'm trying to Gomes and Perez. Perez, yes, thanks. Yeah, that so, was who I was thinking of. That's actually the exact scenario I was thinking of. It worked quite well for them. Yeah. So now, now they got a nice little catching duo there again. Um, and then the other interesting news is that Milwaukee Brewers GM David Stearns came out and said that Josh Hader is on the trade block. They're willing to listen to offers. Now, that doesn't mean, he, doesn't mean he's going to be traded, but I think this is this is real. It's legit. Um, yeah, he's real and he's stupid legit. He's legit stupid. Yeah, he had his worst season last year with a two six two ERA. I give a damn, dude. That guy's <laughs> I give two shits. That uh, man, like I was telling you the other day, you could stick him in stupid, stupid closer scenarios. Something that's not even not even really heard of, and pave the way for just dominant, dominant pitchers such as himself. You stick your stereotypical closer role in, in in the seventh inning of a game, hand hater the ball in the eighth and the ninth. I mean, what's done is done at that point. So, where where do you see him going? 
I have no freaking clue. Honestly, I think it might be fake, man. He's too good to, to kind of say, here, what do you want? Like, I, I don't know if teams are going to go out and jump. Huh. The Cubs, maybe? Cubs? Uh, maybe? Uh, hell. What about the Padres bullpen? They're sitting I was here thinking talking that. about freaking going all in. Yeah, I was thinking that because you you have Hater there as, you know, your setup, man. Then you give the ball to Kirby Yates in the ninth. So I I like I, I like the fit of him going to the Padres potentially. Um he'd kill it anywhere he went, man. He could fill in two, three, four different voids in any bullpen. Yeah, the guy's absolutely nasty. I think it's not fair. Like the angle in which that that asshole comes from is not fair. <laughs> and his pitches are just disgusting. It reminds me of a relief Randy Johnson. I was going to say the same. It's just it's un, it's unhittable almost. He's got what high 90s ched. And then all of a sudden, oh, here you go. Let me drop an 85-mile-an-hour slider down for you, which is probably yeah. going to move two feet. Yeah. I I can't see if – if there's a need out there for a team, you know, in the bullpen or a closer role in general, I, I can't see teams not calling in. Well, I think he's just that one of those players that you kind of like you Strasburg type of eyeballers just on the opposite end of the, the pitching staff. He's, he's one of the very few that, that ever gets tossed around. Um, once you have him, he kind of stays put for a little bit. Uh, snag him now, basically, just like you said. So I think the Padres would be foolish not to entertain the idea. If they cannot get – see, this would kind of screw them, though, is if they go for a hater and then all of a sudden they, they give up some some type of prospect leverage, there goes any opportunity at them potentially getting that big-name starter now. I don't know if it rolls – if it rules it out, I think they could look at like the second tier, you know, like Wheeler. Um, so you'd go, I'd do both, actually, not even really thinking about it or giving giving any other option or putting another option on the table. I'd do that exact thing. I'd get a dominant freaking reliever, which is going to be cheaper than your tier one dominant starting pitcher. And then I'd go get someone, like you said, in Wheeler. Yeah. Which that's uh, – Two steals, in my opinion, that would bolster that would bolster their their entire pitching staff tenfold. Oh, by far. <laughs> um, you get somebody on the back end to now uh, compensate for the lack of strength that you have starting pitching wise. It's right. basically the same exact thing. Well, the thing the thing with Hater too is that, I mean, this is a guy. This is why Milwaukee didn't go out and you know, overload on their starting pitching was because they relied on Hater to carry them two plus innings almost every day. So he did it. Yeah, and he, he did it. If he threw three, he got the day off the next day. Um and I which mean, is obviously reasonable. He's just he's a he's a long relief closer, man. It's like he's a hybrid role. And I mean think about that for a pitcher and for a team, if you if you know that you only got to worry about getting to the fifth inning or getting through the fifth inning to the sixth, which is technically, uh, what is that? A, uh, a quality start eligible for a quality start, I should say. 
Yeah, it, it's it's nasty, especially if you have that option as a manager. I mean, you're just playing with fire at that point. You can do whatever you want. This this guy Hater is no one's going to catch up to him. And yeah, like maybe as the years go on, yeah, you want to kind of monitor his innings, but nobody is going to just start hitting Josh Hader, and Josh Hader is not going to just start missing his spots. This no, pitcher, he's, he's been he's too like, accurate for too long. He's done yeah. the same thing over and over, man. It's like Mariano. Everyone knew the same shit was coming, and nobody could hit it. It's the same thing exactly. with him, except you don't know what's coming. Exactly. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has an advantage in some categories. Yeah. Um, if not, almost every. And I know, obviously, people, he's going to make mistakes, and he's not perfect, and people get hits off of him. But the, the guy's really dominant, and he's very scary to look at. Another, another team I was thinking about that I don't think will do it, but they, they need a lot of pitching help. It'd be interesting to see the Dodgers snag him. Yeah, they sure as hell got the money. Um, obviously have the prospects, too. So that's unfortunate to think of. But yeah, yeah, they might. So I, I don't know who they would give up because I don't think I don't think they would give up Lux in that situation. Oh, one second. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Paul just had a World War Three going over his head. Yeah, they they didn't they didn't catch me this time, so I'm good. <laughs> But yeah, uh, moving on from Josh Hader, um, we got reports in. John Heyman said that the bidding has started for Zach Wheeler, and it's already at a hundred million dollars. And they didn't get shit for him. <laughs> yeah, and the new—that's what I've been saying this whole time. The New York Mets <laughs> and Brody Van Wagenen chose to sit still on Zach Wheeler and not trade him and get anything for him. That's stupid. That is. So stupid, especially when they went out and got Stroman. Oh man, I couldn't. I was laughing when you texted that. I was like, "I'll be damned." You're right. Yeah. I mean, they need, <laughs> they need so much help in other places. No, they're not a horrible team, but they they need a lot of help in certain places to be able to get them to 90 plus wins, especially in that division. They're not going to get there. They're not even close to that. I don't think they might be at your 70, 80 range, but. Baseball talk, that's a long ways from 90, 95, almost 100 wins, actually, at that point. Right. So, I don't know. I think I think Mets go backwards this year. As far as Wheeler is concerned, if he's already – they're already saying 100 million. I'm thinking the year range is probably – what do you think? Five. Four? four or five. I think four. I think four is probably more realistic. Because you're probably looking at over 20 million AAV. Yeah. Who's going to give him that? Yeah. Uh, that's that's real interesting. Um, that's really high, in my opinion. He might take something around the 90 range. 95, so, depending on which team he goes to, obviously, as well. Yeah. So, we already know the White Sox, the Twins, and the Rangers are bidding. Um, man, if I'm the Twins, I'm, I'm all giving- in. You got to be all in because if <laughs> look at this scenario, if you let the White Sox pick up Zach Wheeler for four to five years, you're now like with the way the White Sox are going, the twins are now going to take the back seat. And you can't allow that to happen with your divisional opponent. If you know that the Chicago White Sox are going to be bidding on Zach Wheeler, you got to up the ante. You got to go grab him. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know why they're holding back, especially like you just said, with that, they, uh, that other team in the mix. And they need that other dominant starter with Odorizzi and Berrios. Imagine if they had those three. Yeah, that that bolsters that that bolsters that uh, rotation a lot. Yeah, that changes the whole dynamic of the Minnesota Twins. And they were already really good last year. Yeah. Huh. Well, shoots. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, also, we know that Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg met with the Yankees. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Um, so the Yankees. That's interesting. I mean, we all know that the Yankees are going to meet with them. They said that they're in on everybody, but they're also intent on staying below the uh, luxury luxury uh, tax threshold. Right, right. Which, quite frankly, I mean, there's a lot of people who are starting to say this, but the luxury tax threshold is such a goddamn cop-out. <laughs> because these, it's not that these teams don't have the money. It is not that at all. It is just a cop-out for them saying, oh, well, this is the max payroll that we can have. No, it's not the max payroll that you can have. It's not. Because how many years of all these teams, and still some teams, continue to go over the luxury tax threshold, pay that extra, you know, whatever it is, the $15 million or whatever. It doesn't right. hurt anyone. It doesn't hurt anyone's pockets. Look at the revenue all these goddamn teams make. Maybe minus the A's. but <laughs> It's about the only team that doesn't. Yeah, them and the Miami Marlins. Marlins. And- and yeah. the Rays. Those are the three teams that, you know, okay, yeah, you, you kind of got to side with. But aside right. from that, if you're not one of those three teams and you're not willing to go over the threshold to land some big names, that, quite frankly, that's just BS to me from upper management. It's just lack of interest, I guess, for, I don't know, the sport. Yeah. And a lot of people are getting sick of it because, yeah, you know, a lot, a lot can say that money doesn't buy you championships, which – you know, in some scenarios is true, but it's sure as hell going to make you competitive and sure make, as hell helps and going to get you right there for the most part all the time. Look the next the part of it is just character and makeup of your team. Look so, at the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the Yankees for the past two decades. Right. I mean, it's, it's obvious. And, and what are those other teams that you said? The A's, the Rays and. And the Marlins. And the Marlins. How many World Series have those guys been in total over the past two decades? I think three. <laughs> I'm, and I'm being serious. I think three. <laughs> two by the A's. Actually, I think actually only two. One by the A's and one by the Marlins. And they now, both won. Now Rays were in. Remember, they won. Oh, that's right. All three of them. They yeah. won three. One a pop and they all won. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be damned. It- isn't I'll that sad? The Tampa Bay Rays have won a World Series somewhat recently, and they still just cannot get fans to the ballpark. I don't get it. I don't understand it. You're in Florida. There's a whole spring training thing there. So apparently they are not close to where that big spring training facility is. Um, and I guess the traffic getting out to their location is just absolutely horrendous. And there's no train that goes anywhere. Oh, Really? Yeah, so that that was basically the knock on their management for choosing to build the ballpark there. Got it. Not because, only was it unnecessary, it was in a stupid location. Right. So even though that city did offer, you know, the most money to chip in, well, 
it didn't really make sense from a standpoint of the fans being able to get there. Huh. No shit. Yeah. I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think in due time, they're going to move back to Montreal. That's what I think. Not back, but move to Montreal. It could be. There was also rumors of, uh, just like the NFL was considering doing with, with the, uh, Jaguars was, uh, potentially making, uh, a case for an international home site. Yeah. Which I, I think would be an absolutely terrible idea, but no players. That's the thing is the players association isn't going to go for it. I don't think they would either. I don't think any, anybody wants to have that at all. <laughs> no, I mean, give me, unless it's Canada, like give me six to eight hours of travel on a plane at tops. If oh, I'm, if I'm playing only, yeah. pro yes. ball, but if you're telling me I got to go overseas a couple of times a season, hell, if not more. Yeah, exactly. No thanks. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what revenue they would have over there. Yeah, I, it's beyond me. I, the first, the first London game ever was last year, so I think they're a little bit ahead of themselves. Right. Would be cool. Like I said, it would definitely be different. I'm not opposed to it, but I don't never, never. I don't see it happening ever. No, I don't either. Well, shoot. I think that's all for uh, free agent talk today. Yeah, that uh, wraps up our LB segment today of Two Guys, One Prius, everybody. All righty. Talk to you all soon. 2G1P.